0: Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at The Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Good morning to you. We will pray a bit later on for uh, Sue Britton's uh, dad uh, and uh, for one another as well as we start on this uh, sweltering hot day again um, here in England. But I'm going to read Zechariah chapter 9 and verses 1 to 8. I think it's a fascinating passage. Uh, Bear with me because it will become relevant as we read through and as we go through it, okay? The word of the Lord is against the land of Hadrach and will rest upon Damascus. For the eyes of men and all the tribes of Israel are on the Lord, and upon Hamath too, which borders on it, and upon Tyre and Sidon, though they are very skillful. Tyre has built herself a stronghold. She has heaped up silver like dust and gold like the dirt of the streets. But the Lord will take away her possessions and destroy her power on the sea, and she will be consumed by fire. Ashkelon will see it and fear. Gaza will writhe in agony and Ekron too, for her hope will wither. Gaza will lose her king and Ashkelon will be deserted. Foreigners will occupy Ashdod and I will cut off the pride of the Philistines. I will take the blood from their mouths and forbidden food from between their teeth. Those who are left will belong to our gods and become leaders in Judah, and Ekron will be like the Jebusites. But I will defend my house against marauding forces. Never again will an oppressor overrun my people, for now I am keeping watch. Now, I don't know if you've ever been up a mountain and uh, perhaps looked at uh, from the top of a mountain, you see kind of ranges in front of you, ranges in the foreground and then another range of mountains further back. And it all kind of gets concertinaed into one. And yet you can see further and further distant ranges going out from where you are. And what we have here with Zachariah as he moves on to the final section of his book is him looking out into the distant future. And he sees these mountain ranges and really the last six chapters of his prophecy constitute an incomparable treasury of prophetic truth as he looks ahead into the future. And today, the passage I've read, he's looking to roughly 150 years ahead of when he was writing. And then tomorrow we'll pick up again how he's looking even further ahead to the time of Jesus and of the Messiah 500 years later. So today, let's look at his prophecies about this period that's going to take place about 150 years after he writes. He's writing in about 500 BC and the events are going to unfold in about 333 BC. Okay, and it's described as an oracle, an oracle or a burden. It was something that was heavy on God's heart when God does bring judgment, which is partly what this passage is about. It's a heavy thing for him that he's going to bring judgments through his word against the people who have been God's uh, God's people's enemies, who have oppressed God's people for many centuries. And in the NIV footnote, it reads the eye of the Lord is on all mankind as well as on the tribes of Israel. And I think that's the right interpretation. God is watching. God is watching the nations. God sees everything. God is sovereign over all of the nations as well as over his people. And so what we read here is this kind of description of a march from the north. God marching from the north down the coast, down to the entrance of Judah and Jerusalem, through city after city, heading down and and, um, uh, defeating one city after another. And so we read of him starting in Hadrach, which is probably a word describing Persia in the north, from Hadrach down Hamath which is today a city called Hama near Aleppo, and then down to Tyre, a mighty city that we'll come back to, and Sidon, and then carrying on down to the towns of Philistia or modern day Palestine, the towns of Ashkelon, Gaza, Ekron, and Ashdod. And so there's this description of God's marching down through uh, the, from the north, and, As I say, that was written in about 500 BC by Zachariah. And amazingly, it is fulfilled in 333 BC in a very, very specific and accurate way. And so Alexander the Great, the young Macedonian Greek ruler who uh, conquered the Persian Empire And uh, we read about him in Daniel. We read about him as this kind of supersonic goat, this speedy goat who just flies across just taking city after city capitulates to him as he marches across the empire and takes the place very, very quickly. He's a brilliant soldier and general and he takes city after city and he starts in Isis with a famous victory there in Isis in Persia and then he turns south and he headed down the coast and he went exactly in the order of the cities that we've just read about in this passage exactly in that order and he went along the southern coast taking the naval bases of the persians to disable that capability that they had and we see the sovereignty of god here god knew what was going to happen 150 years later and it is predicted precisely and exactly. God knows everything. God knows what's going to happen in your life and in my life. Now, we focus on one particular place, which is described as Tyre. And Tyre is a place of great skill, it tells us here. It's a place that is a stronghold, and it is very rich with silver and gold. Now, Tyre is, was in fact, a fascinating city. The people had Rebuilt the city as an island city, a fortress, a stronghold with a huge wall along the coastal front of that island city with 40,000 people living in there, a wall that was 150 foot high, that was uh, a thousand odd yards long and was nine yards thick. It was impenetrable. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar previously had laid siege to this city of, of Tyre for 13 years and ended up giving up. It was impossible to get through. They had a navy as well to protect them. Now, Alexander the Great arrived there in 332 BC and brilliantly, he built a rampart, a a causeway along the water. It was one kilometre long. It was more than 100 metres wide. And it enabled him to take these two towers to the far end of the causeway in proximity to the city walls, where from those towers he could shoot missiles to try and uh, penetrate the walls. But as you read it, and if you read the account in Wikipedia of the battle at um Uh, at this city of Alexander taking Tyre, you'll see that it's a bit like uh, a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, because literally a ship is sent out by the people from Tyre with uh, burning coals, with uh, uh, jars of oil hanging from the mast. So when the mast burnt, then as as this ship arrived at these towers, it was burning and it caught the towers on fire and destroyed the the towers. And so there was this mammoth battle, but eventually Alexander succeeded and he brought in the Navy. And eventually after seven months, he took this city. And so we read in verse four, but the Lord will take away Tyre's possessions and destroy her power on the sea, and she will be consumed by fire. And that's exactly what happened. One commentator says that this is a monument to the truth of prophecy and to the folly of human pride. What we find uh, about Tyre is is that although Tyre had in fact helped the people of God at the time when Solomon had built the temple, it had become a proud city, a city that was dependent upon its own wealth, and it was proud. We read in Isaiah 23 that it was a marketplace of, of the nations, a fortress of the sea. But it tells us in Isaiah 23, who planned this against Tyre, the bestower of crowns, whose merchants are princes, whose traders are renowned in the earth. The Lord planned it to bring low the pride of all glory and to humble all who are renowned on the earth. We read in James that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We need to take on board that. Is there pride in our lives? Are we prepared to be humble, to be dependent on God, to apologize where we've got things wrong, to learn from others, not to be proud? God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And God did give grace because we read on in this passage that, in fact, people were not only going to be destroyed But actually, God was also going to incorporate some of these places and people into his people. They would become like the Jebusites who David incorporated into his nation when he took Jerusalem from the Jebusites. They were going to become his people. That's actually what happened. Many centuries later, when Philip went to one of these places described as Ashdod uh, and actually uh, in, in the Roman name for Ashdod is azotus. And we read that Philip in Acts chapter eight preached to these places and many of them became Christians. And so God not only judged these cities, but he also gave grace to these cities that many of them were actually drawn in and became a part of the people of God and God finishes this passage by saying, I will defend my house. I am keeping watch on my people. And there's an amazing story which Josephus tells of how when Alexander the Great got to Jerusalem, the priest of Jerusalem marched out with the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They opened the city gates. They came out wearing white robes and priestly robes and they bowed before Alexander the Great. And Alexander the Great received them and went into their city and offered a sacrifice to Yahweh and allowed the people of Jerusalem to live in peace, not to pay their taxes once every seven years, and to live according to their own laws. And so, in fact, God did protect the people of God. And we read, as I finish, in 1 Peter Chapter 5, and I do love this passage because it summarises what we've been reading. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It's a wonderful passage that tells us, don't be proud like the people in Tyre who thought they were inconquerable, had their riches, had their power, uh, but actually God could just sweep them away just like that in their prides. Be humble like the people of God became eventually humble and God lifted them up. God protected them. God will lift you up as you cast your anxiety on him, as you come in humility to him. Let's just do that right now. Lord, we do humble ourselves before you. Lord, we pray that you would be with us, that you would help us. We pray for Sue Britton. We pray for her father, that you would protect him, give him peace, lord keep him out of pain uh, lord give the doctor's skill we pray restore him lord we do ask you for that and for sue's mum as well that you would be with her and with sue lord give her peace Father, we pray, thank you that we can cast all our anxiety on you. We don't have to be proud. We can be dependent on you. We can trust you. You're sovereign over everything. You're sovereign over the little things of our lives as well as the big things of history. You're sovereign over all. You know the future. You know everything. You know what's going to happen. And you've got it all planned. And we can trust you completely. And so we pray that you'd help us to do that today, to trust you, oh God, with every part of our lives because you are sovereign over everything everything and we worship you and we honour you and we humble ourselves before you today and we ask you for your help. Thank you that you are with us as we go off into this day. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.